Welcome to the Heal Podcast for all things related to Lyme disease and other chronic illnesses. I'm Mimi McLean, Mama Five, founder of Lyme 360 and a Lyme Warrior. Tune in each week to hear from doctors, health practitioners, and experts to hear about their treatments, struggles, and triumphs to help you on your healing journey. I'm here to heal with you. Hi, welcome everyone to the Heal Podcast. This is Mimi, and today we have a special guest, Diana Jabor, who is a certified building biologist, environmental consultant, and electromagnetic radiation specialist, and a new build consultant. Her passion is helping people limit toxins in, on, and around their spaces, and Diana has so many tools and resources to measure and help mitigate your spaces, such as home, school, and offices, and she offers her expertise in each of the four pillars of the building biology, which include indoor air quality, water quality, light quality, and also EMFs or electromagnetic fields. Diana's mission is to help you create work and living spaces for optimized health. She reminds us that the good news is we have control over what we bring into our space. And she uses science and common sense to help inform and empower you, the consumer, on your journey to better health. I worked with Diana when I moved into my house a few years ago and had it assessed for EMF exposure. And it was such an interesting learning experience that I wanted to share it with you guys. Okay, the first question I have for you, Diana. Oh, thank you, by the way, for coming on. We are so excited. Absolutely. Um, and I'm thrilled to have you. And it's so interesting, especially in light of what's going on right now. So I'm excited to share that with our listeners. Great. But can you tell us, and we talked a little bit about the four pillars. Can you dive into a little bit more about the four pillars? But specifically, I really would love to learn more about the EMF and yes. the different types of EMF. Okay. Well, so building biologists, as you kind of um, stated, we study your space basically and how it affects your health. And my job as a building biologist is to educate and help the client understand, well, what are the concerns, right? Shine a spotlight into um, how they could increase their health. Also measure and identify some issues and every home will have different issues, whether, you know, again, through the four pillars of building biology, then we create and implement a plan, could be shielding, it could be some mitigation where necessary, and then we verify that those strategies were effective. And as you were talking about our four buildings of building biology, which are so important for our health, we like to study the first one is air quality. And these things are off-gassing let's say for construction materials, even to your cleaning materials, scented candles, things that sometimes we bring in products that unknowingly piggyback chemicals and toxins that have long-term effects on ourselves and our children. So we really like to take a look at what is in your space and what can we do about that. And there's a, a a wide variety of strategies. You can do a whole house air filtration system, but sometimes people in an apartment or guess what, we're all on budget. So we have to kind of choose where our dollars go wisely. I love the standalone air filters. I think Austin air filter is incredibly good, IQ air. And what I'm gonna do for your listeners is make sure that there's a resource sheet so people aren't you know, trying to scrabble down the names of some of these products. But these are things that, um, you know, I have vetted, I go to at least a half a dozen um, health conferences, EMF conferences, et cetera. So I'm constantly updating what I think is the best for my clients. So we look at air quality. I like to inform and again, empower the consumers so that they know moving forward, what might be the, a better choice and what not to bring into their space. Then we look at water quality, right? Which I call the triple toxin threat 
first of all, you're drinking it. Second of all, you're showering. And remember, your skin is the body's largest organ, so it absorbs everything. Then you're inhaling the toxic gases, either chloramine or chlorine, that's used to disinfect the water. So it is super important that we address water quality. And again, you've got whole house water filtration systems, and you've got um, at-point shower filters, which I think are incredibly important. And also, it's important to um, remember that you can get a, uh, a water filtration system for drinking. Now, I know a lot of people have reverse osmosis that are under the counter. At this time, I am really recommending that we... There's one um, that actually Dr. Mark Hyman also recommends and it's called AquaTrue and it's above the counter. And we know that it's not harboring any types of bacteria. It's just really hard for those under the counter that holds water for a long time not to have some issues. So there's a question mark there. So I always err on the side of health. And so I like to say, hey, I really like this um, on the counter one, but please don't forget to remineralize it, right? As these water filters take out the bad, they also take out the good. And we need that pH balance and we need those minerals. So I also um, will link for your uh, audience some suggestions on being able to remineralize your water because that's really important. And then we move on to light quality, right? Light quality is huge for health and for mood, right? We want to ditch the CFLs. Not only are, do, are they a nervous system stressor because how those CFLs save so much money is it flickers on and off constantly. Now, our eyes might not be able to perceive this, but our nervous system does. Add on top of that heavy in the blue light, which suppresses your melatonin, which wrecks your sleep. And um, also, CFLs act like a little mini cell tower. So our bodies are getting radiated with a type of EMF. So we say ditch the CFLs. We really like the incandescent. Some LEDs are good, but you really have to beware of how heavy it is on the blue light and also some of the dirty electricity components for lighting. But again, it really is amazing how this light quality, especially from our devices, can affect our sleep at night and our children who are using these devices. Lots of little tips on Two hours before bedtime, let's cut the screen time, but also there's screen covers, there's blue blocking glasses, et cetera. So all of those things are really important. And then we get to our fourth pillar of building biology and that's EMFs. And a lot of times people say WTF are EMFs because it's such a unusual concept, right? Electromagnetic fields, what is that? That sounds way too complicated. And while it does take a while to layer in this information, please know that it does take a little bit of studying and, and kind of understanding the four different types and sources and how you mitigate them. But when I'll give some resources from some further reading, some books and some podcasts that I think will really help your listeners take a deeper dive, right? Uh -huh. So EMFs basically are fields of energy that surround electronic devices, right? That is kind of the simplest way that I can describe it. And EMFs are organized on a spectrum and they're classified according to their wavelength and frequency. And really we've only been electrified for about 120 years. And you know, nowadays, most people are totally engulfed in a constant bubble of EMFs from your electricity, magnetic fields, 
high power lines, cell phones, Wi-Fi, and especially in the last 10 years, we've been inundating our space and our people with wireless radiation, radio frequencies. And as a building biologist, we really, really try to impress that we have to rest, repair, and regenerate in fields that mimic nature. For millions of years, how our bodies, you know, are used to reacting. And you know, it's interesting because people go, well, it can't be that big of an issue. I mean, you know, it's been around for a hundred years, but when you take into effect, let's say, because people say, why should we be concerned? And let's look at what the World Health Organization states, you know, that EMFs affect us because our own bodies, right, have their own electrical and biochemical responses. And when you take into account that every single part of our system communicates and works electrically, you know, it doesn't make sense that we wouldn't be affected by these different EMFs. And so our organs rely on electricity and, ma and magnetism. So now the mainstream would say it's, you know, the only concern that we have is it causes your tissues to heat up. And we just say the science doesn't support that. Uh, there's thousands of peer reviewed studies that show alternative, alternatively. And there's, you know, massive groups of scientists that are now coming out to say this is not, uh, there's 190 top scientists that made an international appeal way back in 2015 to the UN and said, look, we have got to protect from non-ionizing electromagnetic field exposures and develop more protective and aggressive guidelines. So it's just a little bit challenging when you're not hearing about these things in the mainstream and it's just not something that people you can't hear it you can't smell it you can't see it right so it does kind of go by unnoticed and if you think about how long it took for cigarette smoke which you could see and you could smell to finally um, the science you know became so caught up as to laugh to say that it didn't cause health effects because the industry did create its own science and created confusion in the mind of the consumer because they didn't have to prove it was safe. They just wanted to, you know, continue the discussion. And really big tech is doing the same thing when it comes to um, wireless radiation. But so the EMFs, now I, I kind of was focusing on wireless radiation, but again, electromagnetic fields, EMFs, there's four different types. And so if you want to go into the four different types and then kind of dive a little bit more into wireless radiation, I'm happy to do that. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah. Okay. So again, EMFs, energy that surround electronic devices, you've got first, what we can talk about are your electric fields in your space. And some of the common sources are your household wiring, your plastic jacketed Romex, right? Um, and those are all through your wiring in your walls, in your floors, if you're on a second floor. And commercial spaces have metal clad cable. So that blocks effectively those electric fields. But with plastic, because it's not required to have MC cable in residential homes, you're exuding those electric fields, whether those lights are on and off. So 24 seven, six to eight feet into your space. You can also get electric fields from power strips, ungrounded electronics, that means two prongs instead of three, cords and chargers, lamps, right? Again, not a shielded lamp cord, and lighting, your lighting next to your bed. So this can cause disruptive sleep because again, our bodies are 
great receptors to those electric fields. And so one of the things we like to do as we go through your space is identify, then there's a couple of mitigation strategies that you can get, but sometimes we find out which circuit breakers affect which bedroom. And then you can get a master command cutoff switch, have a little remote and turn those. That's, yeah, that's those, what I did with my daughter's room. Yes. Now, does the, now does the um, cell phone charger, that does uh, that fall under that category? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Anything plugged in. Because let me just tell you, how to remediate these electric fields, you have to unplug electrical devices within six feet of your bed, mm -hmm. hands down. Whether you have that, if you have the cutoff switch, it's going to turn off anyway. But a lamp, a clock radio, your charger, you never want anything under your bed, by your bed, or on the other side of the wall of your bed, right? So, and also eliminate electric blankets and pads. The fields, not only electric, but magnetic are incredibly strong. So you don't want any live extension cords, power strips, anything like that. Now, another thing that you could do is there's a RF and electric field blocking paint that you can, and you have to ground it, electrician has to come in and ground it, but you paint with this carbon-based, really black paint, but then you can just put a, um, you know, you could regular paint over it. Um, and that also can effectively block electric fields. But we get a lot of really good responses from, you know, turning off those circuit breakers because it's just a restful sleep, right? right? Because I remember when the, um, the gentleman, the um, electrician came to my house and he walked around with his little device and he showed us exactly like how much just the cell phone yeah. charger was yes. without even the cell phone plugged on. in, just That's the right. charger, the, just the charger plugged in with the cord lying on the ground next to my bed or on top of my nightstand. That's and right. it was like, I don't know, it was like over a hundred. He was telling me, you don't want anything over a hundred because that increases your chance of like cancer. That's and he's right. like, just this one cell phone charger without even the cell phone next to it. And, and you know, it plugged in was over the limit. And, well, and, and that, I was like, that right there, like made me and like my husband be like, oh my God, like that's kind of for, like was the aha moment for us when he was stood there and showed us like plug on plug. And we're like, oh my gosh. Well, and it's so important to be able, you know, like now I have professional grade you know, equipment where I can show you the measurements and, and we have standards, which, you know, building biology standards, which what we're trying to get down to, again, to mimic nature. And I think it's so empowering for people to see that real time, but also I'd like to make recommendations for people to get some consumer grade meters for themselves. Because once they've, once I've been to a home to mitigate their space, they are with me like shoulder to shoulder, I'm going through, I'm measuring, I'm explaining what's going on, why things are important. I also bring consumer grade meters so that they can play around with them and kind of feel comfortable so that moving forward, they're going to have that um, knowledge and that power. And maybe they're going to call and ask me some questions, but at least um, they're not, there's, there's not some huge question mark about it. But I do think it's really great. I think everyone should have their own little meters that, and I can also provide some recommendations for that. So that's the electric fields, right? They're created by differences of voltage. And again, they're present at all times and produced by the wiring in the walls, floors, ceilings, and wires to appliances. Moving down to the second type of EMFs are magnetic fields. And they're created when electric current flows to power, to, to power the appliances and light. And uh, magnetic fields can be caused by a couple of different things. One, 
which is not as common, are wiring errors. Really common, you find that in sometimes in three-way switches. And you can, that can be fixed. Magnetic fields can also be caused by power lines, either buried or above ground. And those, depending on how strong those fields are, cannot be shielded. There is nothing, not even a lead-lined wall can shield. And there's a lot of studies about magnetic fields in childhood leukemia and cancers. So one of the things that I have always recommended my clients, whether they're moving or finding a new space, again, they've got the consumer grade meter that's super easy to read. I said, always walk through a space and check your measurements because magnetic fields are just so strong. Magnetic fields can also be caused by a breaker box, right? Or a large or a turning motor. So refrigerators, HVAC systems, wine refrigerators, etc. So if I go through a house, I'm always looking to see what's on the other side of a headboard wall to check for magnetic fields. And you would be surprised what, you know, people just don't, doesn't register because again, but now, now they will know once we've been through their home that sleeping on the other side of a, of a HVAC system, that's going to have high magnetic fields and consequences for your health because magnetic fields we see really suppress the immune system. And so we like to check what's on the other side of the headboard wall, then point sources. If your kids are working on their space at the kitchen, let's say a kitchen island, but right on the other side of that is a dishwasher that's running frequently or a wine refrigerator, those magnetic fields are super strong. Now, the good news is distance is your friend, three to four feet, it drops off dramatically. But you really need to be aware of these turning motors. Again, it's when the motor's turning, different than electric, which is always constant. Magnetic, it's when it's turning. And little sneaky source, as you were referring to, Mimi, was the transformers. It's amazing the strength of not only the electric fields, but the magnetic fields to those small transformers, which kind of look innocuous, right? Who would think that? How many people have those plugged in right next to their bed? A lot. Um, and so that, um, that's what we, you know, we, we like to, of course, we're measuring the inside of your space. And we also always go on the outside because sometimes there's buried power lines, buried transformers, et cetera. So we really, really, really want to be cautious with our magnetic fields. I have a really good post on my website called Magnetic Fields in Your Space, and um, sneak, it's called Sneaky Sources. Is that, so that like you, smart, is that also like smart meters? Is that nope. Fall under, no, that's different. No, that, uh, that will be your wireless radiation. Got it, okay. So electric fields, magnetic fields, and then we're on to dirty electricity. And dirty electricity is basically kind of produced by the workings of all our electronic equipment. It's the unusable power that spikes and surges. They also call it microsurge pollution. And we get dirty electricity because there's all of these modern day electronics and appliances use more or less electricity than the 120 volts that normally would come out of the electrical outlet. So all of that excess electricity and the surges come out into the space. And one really big offender are dimmers, uh, especially. The, the less expensive dimmers. The more expensive ones aren't as bad, some of the Lutron, et cetera. But just remember, it's going to be emitting dirty electricity in every single setting but off. So we just like to be aware. Again, if your kids are sitting next to a space and you you have it on a dimmer, well, maybe get a lamp um, you know, and, and, and still keep that a certain bit of distance away. 
because we just always want to be, be aware of where you sit, sleep, and stand. What's plugged in next to you? How far away are you from cords? Distance is your friend, um, especially when you're working at a computer desk space. Um, you know, if you've got all these cords, people get so exhausted in the afternoon and they don't realize it's because their bodies, the receptor to these electrical fields, which are draining and zapping our energy. And so, you know, my, my computer uh, and desktop is set up where all of the cords are three feet away. I have my computer in a roost and I have um, my screens up, but all of the cords, I don't have them plugged in next to my feet. We had to do a little bit of creative uh, holes in the wall <laughs> to, to run them on the back side of the wall and, and to plug into the next door plug. So, you know, and again, these are all things that because you're spending a lot of, because I spend a lot of time here, you want to make sure that those spaces are as healthful as possible. And then the last big EMF, of course, which is just um, everybody's kind of, it's been in the news and, and all sorts of concerns with, well, are cell phones safe? What's the deal, et cetera, is the wireless radiation or RF, radio frequency. And those basically are short waves with higher frequency and it's information carrying radio waves, right? Anything by the air, transmitting information by the air. And of course, the last 10 years, has been a proliferation of us bringing in all of these such fun <laughs> devices or what we think are fun, but really are incredibly problematic to our health. And you know, my question is always, look, what environmental toxins can we avoid while preserving the best of what technology and modern, modern convenience has to offer, right? We, we wanna to be forward looking and, and not be the slave to this technology and to the health effects. And so let's err on the side of health and use some common sense, look at what the science is saying and use the best with the least amount of side effects. And so I really, really encourage my clients when it, when it comes to wireless radiation to take a look at the science and, um, and to really make a few, you know, you can make some simple changes and you can go in and, and go on a deep dive. But it's, it, it really is important to health because when I get calls from clients, one of the biggest, you know, complaints that I get is insomnia. I can't sleep. I have heart palpitations. I've had anxiety and I've never had anxiety before. I'm, I'm getting symptoms like mm -hmm. I'm going through menopause and I'm 30 and I just don't understand. Maybe it's the stress of, of, of life these days. And but they've been reading a little bit about the symptoms of microwave radiation sickness, wireless radiation side effects, which have been pretty well documented. And they said, gosh, this just resonates with me. Um, and so, and people are shocked that like just as recently as uh, fall of 2018, the NTP study, National Toxicology Program Study, and that is under the US government, and they did a 10 year, $25 million study. And their whole goal was to prove cell phones are safe, wireless radiation is safe. And they found the exact opposite direct correlation between heart tumors and brain tumors. And you hardly heard a blip. Yeah, as I was say, why do we hear that? Yeah. But also, you have to look, New York Times did like this kind of small little version of this, of the story. But New York Times has a partnership with Verizon. I mean, you really think that 
maybe they're going to be making their big advertiser who is a big funder mad by talking about the dangers yeah. of wireless radiation. So you kind of, or, or Jeff Bezos owning the Washington Post. I mean, when you look at really three huge corporations that own pretty much all the news outlets, so the, the information is, is just not going to be coming out. And again, the industry is doing what Big Tobacco did, right? They're funding their own science. They're creating confusion in the mind of the consumer. And they're trying to continue the discussion. And it's so interesting because when you look at all the studies that have been done, 70% of non-industry funded studies show problems. 70% of industry funded studies show no problem. So you can't, you can't get those kind of statistics without somebody fudging yeah. somewhere. Right. And you kind of think that the cell phone industry is much larger than the tobacco oh. industry was. Oh, of so course. It's going to be that much harder to, for the truth to come out. To, to work around. And then also remember it's so inconvenient. And I feel for so many families because usually there's one person in the household who's feeling these symptoms or mm -hmm. has an illness and their doctor has said, an autoimmune um, disorder, or maybe it's Lyme disease, et cetera. And their doctor has said, hey, you really need to look into lowering your EMFs, have your space checked, make sure, because you know, it's causing inflammation and there's a lot of correlations between autoimmunity. And there's always kind of one or two people and the kids, everybody wants their cell phones and their iPads and, and Wi-Fi, et cetera. So we have to kind of try to navigate and, and create a situation where everyone can use their, their their technology, let's say, but do it safely. And so sometimes, you know, maybe that's even just, just at night being able to have no wireless radiation going through the home where there's kind of, um, you know, rules saying, okay, well, guess what? All cell phones are off and we're turning the Wi-Fi. We have a timer on and we're turning that off, et cetera. Diana, as you know, a lot of our listeners have chronic illnesses. Um, can you go into more detail as to why the EMFs would be causing immune dysfunction and why that's important for their healing process. Well, it causes a weakened immune system and inflammation. And specifically, Dr. Martin Paul really kind of has narrowed it down that it affects the voltage gated calcium channels. So which is, it's how, you know, your cells are communicated and it's a very intricate dance, but it floods your cells with calcium. And so that causes a host of problems. Now, the NTP study said, okay, absolute correlation. We're seeing that there's some cancer. But remember, just as with smoking, not everybody got cancer. About 40% did got emphysema. Now it affected everybody, but not everybody got cancer. And what we're seeing with this wireless radiation, it's the same thing. Not everybody's going to get cancer. It depends on your own epigenetics, right? What are your strengths and weaknesses? Some people may have terrible insomnia. Um, again, those heart palpitations and some people might get cancer. It also depends on, are you wearing your cell phone on your body? What steps, you know, how much are you being inundated by how many devices do you live near a cell phone tower? Is your bedroom near your router? Those, you know, do you have a wireless, you know, as we look through the, the wireless radiation, we look at a few things, right? So walk through your space with me for a minute. So, and remember that all of these things that I'm bringing up, they are sending signals into your space constantly, even when not in use, right? Transmission stops only when things are unplugged or in airplane mode. 
So let's look at our wireless security systems, our cameras, our smoke detectors, our keypad. Most uh, alarm companies now, it's so much easier to put wireless everywhere. Even if people have wired, they're still putting wireless up everywhere. Then you have your home monitoring and sound system like your Amazon Echo, Google Home, Nest, which in my mind, they're spying on you and I would not want to have. You've got your smart appliances, your TVs, dishwashers, refrigerators, washer dryers, and what, one thing I like to tell my clients, it's really anything smart is stupid. And thank God that they are, are advertising things are smart because then you know you want to avoid that. Your routers, of course, huge source. And by the way, one easy tip, put your router on a Christmas tree light timer where things get shut off at 11 o'clock or whatever time works for your family and then turns back on. Then you don't have to worry about running down and unplugging things, et cetera. That's at a minimum. Of course, we always would recommend hardwiring everything. You know, we've been sold a bill of goods because hardwiring is more secure, more stable, and faster. And yet people have kind of forgotten that and they're just rushing to use wireless everything when really it's not a better product. Then we've got our wireless printers, our cordless phones. Again, cordless phones are just like a cell phone. So we recommend people keep their landline but get corded phones that can be used in emergencies. Um, you can forward your cell phone to your landline so you don't have to carry your phone on your body as you're running up and down stairs or walking around the house trying to get things done. Because that is it, you know, I, I'm always like, please do not put that cell phone on your body. Look at the fine print warning that says, do not hold next to your body. They have that there for a reason. It's because they know it causes a problem. Your baby monitors, of course, your laptops and your computers, iPads, iPhones, Apple Watches, any kind of your, any of your you know, smart devices. And then you've got all the toys and, and gaming consoles. So you know, sometimes people say, hey, how, well, how do I know if something's emitting wireless radiation? I said, well, first try to get a meter and then you can turn it on. I said, but a sneaky trick is any item that communicates through the air has to have an FCC number. So if you look at the bottom of a toy, you know, a friend of mine had this uh, Spider-Man toy that you could talk to and put the thing on the, on your phone and make it do things. And I said, and it was right next to her son's sleeping area. And of course, 24 seven, it was emitting. And I said, next time, just when you look at the box, look in the bottom. And if you see an FCC number, you know, not to take it home with you. <laughs> You know, so all of those things, if you can imagine layer upon layer and then add on, you know, the cell phone towers that are kind of around us. But again, your biggest exposure will be typically what you brought into your space and hands down your cell phone. So people kind of stress out and go, well, I'm picking up the router from my neighbor and there's a cell phone tower quarter of a mile away. And yet they're putting their head, their cell phone next to their head and they're putting it on their body. And so that is what I really try to impress upon them. That's your biggest exposure. Or when you have an iPad and you're letting your children put you know, the iPad on their tummy as they're streaming a movie. Well, girls are only born with so many eggs. That's damaging the future DNA of your grandchildren. So you know what? Easy trick. Download the movie first, put it on airplane mode, give it to your child. Mm, you know, so those are all things that, that, that people aren't thinking about. And Another interesting fact, colon cancer is on the uprise of for 20 to 35 year olds because 
people are putting their phone in their back pocket or their front pocket. Uh-huh. Also yeah. with or they're sitting it on their stomachs when they're driving or something, right? Yes, yes. So, and then, you know, so now we've also, with the EMFs, the wireless radiation, causing systemic, you know, inflammation. So your body cannot heal if you do not calm your, your system down. And, um, and so, you know, the, the intricate DNA of chromosomes have and are affected by EMFs. And throughout the entire human body, it's every biochemical process involves a very precisely choreographed behavior of these EMF sensitive atoms in your body. And so we just need to, again, when you think about things, you want to err on the side of health and you want to use our, your common sense. You know, my mom always used to say, you know, don't let convenience get in the way of common sense. And if you're pushing back against this information, stop for a minute and say, am I pushing back because I think it's unreasonable or am I pushing back because I'm going to have to make some changes and it's a big pain. That's a good right? point. And, mm-hmm. and so, you know, I, I had a very forward thinking mother who I was raised with, you know, homeopathy, organics, um, and, you know, she was always questioning things and she said, everybody's trying to sell you something. So you better one, you better really do your research. And she also said, whatever problem you're having, someone else has had that problem. They've researched it and figured out how to solve it and written about it. So keep digging <laughs> for the answer. And she said, and most times it's not just one answer, right? That picture of health, there are many pieces to that picture of health. I believe EMFs are a big strong portion of that for a majority of people. But, you know, also one of the reasons why I love building biology is because it's talking about the toxic body load right through the air, water, and light. And then EMFs is that fourth very important pillar that has become more important with the inundation of wireless radiation in our spaces. And now even more important with people needing to get involved about stopping 5G. Right. Wait, can I just stop before we go into 5G? Sure. I have a quick question. Yeah. Because I, I debate this with my family. Um, what is your, I, I think I know the answer, but I just want to have it so they can hear it. Um, what is your take on either the Bluetooth earphones, like for the Apple, and then what are they called? The iPad, iPods. And then um, also, I think you mentioned a little bit, but like the iWatches. Well, you're there emitting 24-7. watches are right near an artery that's pumping your blood every six, you know, your blood supply through your body every 60 seconds. I wish that I had a better answer for them, but I wouldn't have them. Let, let me just give you a perfect example, especially about those uh, Apple watches. I was going to um, mitigate, uh, to measure a space for a really cute couple who were moving from Austin and they had found this kind of this little ranch house and they wanted to make sure that there weren't going to be any problems with magnetic wireless radiation, et cetera. So the, the um, real estate agent is with us and I'm pull out my wireless radiation meters and I'm like, and outside the home, it was pretty low. And then the real estate agent inside. So we go inside and, it, and the house was empty, empty house. So there was nothing that would have been, you know, radiating. And I was like, Oh my gosh, these levels are so high, but, as I got closer to the real estate agent, she was wearing an Apple watch. And that is how strong it was. The entire room was inundated with red fields of wireless radiation. So, you know, that should give you a really It's the same thing with the... uh, the And it's the same thing with the 
you're getting a direct signal and not only you're getting a direct signal constantly right to your brain. So I would absolutely say, I'm so sorry, but you know, as we learn about health issues and concerns, it is my job as a parent to say, look, we've, we now have enough evidence that this is dangerous and can cause cancer or can cause tinnitus, which is such a painful a condition or salivary gland tumors, et cetera. So I just feel like um, it's, you know, helping to educate your children. And also, you know, at the end of the day, um, you are the parent. And so you have to say, look here, I, I want to, for you to understand why we've decided this is no longer okay in our house. Great. Okay. Let's go into 5G. Can you tell us about that? Okay, well, so, you know, 5G is interesting and, and totally concerning. So, you know, the 5G is fifth generation, and we had 2G, 3G, 4G, which meant gigahertz, which is billion cycles per second. And so people think 5G, that doesn't sound too bad, but actually 5G stands for fifth generation. And that means it's going to be anywhere from eight or nine gigahertz to 90 gigahertz. So instead of having the two, three, or four gigahertz, we're looking at such incredibly strong levels. Now, we don't know which one of these 5G um, are, are, are going to be emitting what type of waves or how strong. But one of the things that's interesting is, is the virus and the retrovirus connection, because what happens when one is hit with a 60 gigahertz wave? Well, it impacts the uptake of oxygen via hemoglobin. And it's interesting because this specific frequency is absorbed by oxygen, 60 hertz. So it causes, and it was interesting because I just read some updated information on this and, um, the Building Biology website has an entire um, really good sheet on it and also has a course on it for people who want to kind of take a, a deeper dive, but causes a rotation of electrons around the oxygen molecule to spin. And so it inhibits the ability of the hemoglobin to properly uptake these oxygen molecules. So that's where there's kind of a big question on, um, you know, so we have, we know it causes inflammation. Now we're looking at the uptake of you know, the ability of the hemoglobin to, to uptake oxygen. How might this be a concern with everything that's going on in the world right now? I think people need to take a, a stronger look at it, but they are censoring this information on many, uh, on many. Um, and the 5G is just so that we have better cell service. Is that why? Well, basically, so, well, they want to connect the internet of things, right? The billions and billions of de devices. So new 5G antennas, but the interesting thing about the 5G is that, so the other two, three, and four Gs, they kind of go out in a 360 pattern, right? With 5G, they will only transmit a beam-formed signal when a user's handset or something in a home initiates that kind of on-demand connection. Um, beca and because these signals are so strong, they don't travel far and they don't go through a lot of building materials and trees can obfuscate them, et cetera. So that's why they want to, they need to put them every three to four homes. That's why they need to uh, literally blanket and their plan is for millions and millions of these antennas to be 
uh, installed. And they don't, they're not going to put it at 90 feet high, they're going to put it at 40 feet high. So this basically means that the beamform signals will scan the neighborhood and constantly transmit like the 3G and 4G. Um, but the 3G and 4G are not are not are non-beamforming, right? So if you have a 5G antenna right in front of your home and choose not to have a 5G phone or a Wi-Fi router or other gadget, well, that's the good news. But if your neighbors next to you or behind you decide that they have want to have all of the nifty new 5G items, well, that could be a problem. So, you know, and also the other concerning thing is the bad news is that the 5G antenna, they're not going to be alone up there on that pole. Uh, typically, they're always installed with a 4G light antenna. And so you're going to have 5G and 4G. So they're not replacing 2, 3, and 4G with the 5G. They're putting it on top of. So now you're going to have these lower cell antennas, 5Gs and 4Gs, uh, base stations, uh, which are an additional, you know, to, uh, so basically you're going to have these small cell antennas right in front of people's homes. And people are concerned because you can't opt out of that. Uh, and so that's one of the biggest this things of crazy. why there's so many um, groups and advocacy groups that are saying, I want to stop this now. And I really highly recommend Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s website, childrenshealthdefense.org. He is fighting this like you would not believe. He's got a whole task team for 5G. He just recently had Daphna Takov join his team. She is an amazing, brilliant attorney. She has Israeli and U.S. citizenship. She got microwave sickness, I don't know, maybe 15 years ago, and went through this entire cycle of finding out exactly what information has been suppressed. She was the one who fought successfully in front of the Israeli Supreme Court, and now Israel has some of the toughest, um, toughest, uh, uh, no wireless radiation recommendations or um, they, they have rules for wireless radiation in schools in Israel, the toughest in the world. So she brings her A game. I'm so excited that she's done this. They've also successfully sued the FCC right now for not doing any safety studies and not updating since 1996 wireless radiation standards. Which is crazy. I mean, yes, it's crazy because again, remember they they're only going on the supposition that it's heat, thermal effects, nothing else. It's no biological, which we know is just not accurate, especially given the own government studies. And so you do kind of just think that is crazy. Like well, let's let's talk about what the national and international health agencies are saying, let's look at the bioinitiative report, which has over 8,000 published studies since 2007. Let's look at the World Health Organization Cancer Research Institute, which is IARC. They evaluated low frequency magnetic fields in 2002 and classified them as a category 2B possible carcinogen. The World Health Organization in 2011, wireless radiation, 2B possible carcinogen, along with lead and DDT, by the way, and then they had a group of scientists saying it should be 1A. The American Association of Pediatrics has recently come out limiting children's exposure to Wi-Fi. And by the way, that's another reason I think that moms can be empowered to not use those devices and the ear pods. American Pediatric Association is saying, look, 
the radiation exposure is cumulative. Children absorb more radiation because they have more water and, you know, pound for pound. And also their bodies are more susceptible to the effects of wireless radiation because their bodies are still developing. So, you know, I can tell you about the top medical professionals, Harvard pediatric neurologist and neuroscientist, Dr. Martha Herbert, PhD. She wrote a letter. Now this is her specialty, right? Neurology. She wrote a letter to LA school district saying, look, the claim that Wi-Fi proponents that the only concern is thermal, P uh, for is thermal impact is now definitely outdated scientifically. She said, go wired. This is safer. Chief of Obstetrics of Yale Medicine, Dr. Hugh Taylor, he found that radio frequency exposure led to altered brain development. He started the Baby Safe Project, which is about protecting babies and pregnant women. I mean, hundreds of doctors have signed on to his program. So you've got some amazing scientists and doctors trying to really alert the public. And you've also got some, some pretty telling facts about insurance on riders, right? If they refuse to cover the wireless industry for radiation or EMF damages because it's defined as a pollutant by the insurance co company alongside smoke, chemical, and asbestos. Now, I mean, and by the way, the, the um, nuclear industry also can't get <laughs> insurance. Um, those guys will make money any way they can, but if they know it's a bad bet, they're not going to do it. And also wireless companies warn their shareholders in mandated annual 10K filings that they may incur, and I quote, financial losses from lawsuits related to the electromagnetic radiation emissions of their product. So unfortunately in 1996, the Telecom Act totally protected the US telecom industry from any liability. No telecom company can be held accountable if a cell phone antenna or tower ever causes negative health effects. They have total and complete in immunity from That's any crazy. health effects aside, right? Right? Just, yeah. so, look, we know the powerful industries fund scientific studies and deny or withhold the truth as long as they can. Look at the arc of, hist of history, the lead, asbestos, DDT, trans fat, artificial sweeteners. This is just one in a long line. But the problem is we as mothers and we who have suffered health effects because there's such a huge correlation for people who have autoimmune uh, also suffer from electrical hypersensitivity. There was a, there was a fantastic EMF conference that was la uh, last fall in San Jose. I'll, I'll give your listeners a link to that. You can download all the talks. They had the top scientists and doctors from all around the world talking about the links, showing the science about people who have um, electrical hypersensitivity, multiple chemical sensitivities, and autoimmune. So it is paramount for your, your health. And, you know, your listeners probably have already been through this journey of trying to figure out and find out. And so they're used to having an open mind and going, okay, what do I need to do um, to maybe make a few changes? And, you know, initially layer some of these changes in. It's not as overwhelming as it seems. 10, 15 years ago, nobody had Wi-Fi in their home. Go back to hardwired. Mm -hmm. It's not such a huge issue. Try to make these changes. I feel like sometimes I'm like coming from, you know, 
it, it, it's like the, when people were smoking, you know, back in the 40s and 50s, and the doctors were saying, it's fine, it's great for you. I like camel, you know, cigarettes. Right, <laughs> and, right. you know, and you, I feel like I'm coming back in history to warn everybody about the wireless radiation and what it's doing. And you're going to be right, right? <laughs> but I want everyone <laughs> to be right. I want everyone to be right because right. we've got so much science and so much information. But again, it's fighting the inconvenience of it. And sometimes it does feel a little overwhelming um, with when the genie's out of the bottle, so to speak, when we and have a lot take of it, children. Right, and you just gotta take it piece by piece. Just go yeah, day just, by day, just do yeah, one thing just, every... Yeah. This has been, Diana, this has been unbelievably amazing. As you know, we could sit here and talk for I know, hours. I'm sorry, I probably... No, we're so appreciative. This has been amazing. It's like last time I talked to you last week and we you know, were on the phone for like an hour and a half and I just meant to say hi. I love this information. I, I, I eat it up. So this has just been unbelievable and I really appreciate it. And I just want to tell our listeners um, to go to your website, which is J-A-B-O-U-R environmental.com. So it's your last name, jaborenvironmental.com. Um, and I thank you so much for coming Sure. On. And just remember little tips like, hey, let's put our router on a Christmas tree light timer. So at night we don't have that. Make sure all your devices are in airplane mode. Even your smart TVs are emitting. You can unplug them or put it on an outlet kill switch. Kind of go through and, and, and see in your space, especially in your sleeping area or your children's sleeping area, what exposures can I lower right now and usually there's at least five or ten things that people can do that aren't that big of a deal and if you want to have a building biologist come to your home go on the building biology institute website find an expert which is at the top there's there's more uh, building biologists located in california than any other state and some really good ones and it's so nice to have someone kind of guide you along but there's also things if it's not in the budget there's also a lot of things that you can do and like i said i'm going to send over links to some meters that i think could be really helpful that are budget friendly and can kind of help you on your just beginning journey of figuring out emfs what they are and how you might lower your exposures uh, today Thank you for joining us this week on the Heal Podcast. If you enjoyed our podcast, please give us a review so others can find us. Each week, I will bring you different voices from the wellness community so that you can share how they help their clients heal. You will come away with tips and strategies to help you get your life back. I'm so happy you're here today, and I can't wait for next time. Subscribe now and tune in for our next episode of the Heal Podcast. You can also join our community, Lime 360 Warriors, on Facebook. And Diana, thank you so much for joining us. That was so informative and have a great day.